This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap for the 4th of October 2022. I am Stephen Scott, Sean Priest is here, and today we're joined by Karthik Karnan from Envision to talk all about those glasses. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. You know, I think I'm going to get uh, Rob to redo that. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask him to say the ever-excitable Sean Priest. Oh, I like that. Yeah. What, why is that? Uh, uh, what, what gives you that impression, Stephen? <clears throat> I have no idea. <laughs> Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Those glasses, that made it sound a little bit ominous. I'll be yeah. honest with you. Well, what those I meant, I, you know, I can't believe I have to explain this, but yes, uh, uh, those glasses, yeah. because everybody's talking about them. Envision glasses. talking about them. About them. I haven't got any. see through them. Right, uh, well. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> we don't do music on this show. No. For no. obvious reasons. Yes, and that was it. Yes, the Envision glasses, I definitely want a pair. It's as simple as that. I mean, they sound ideal. Yeah. Perfect. Exactly. Well, uh, I cannot wait. I am being, I'm being told... I say I'm being told as if someone's telling me right now. But, yes. you know, I have I've been I've just been told. handed some paper, yes. <laughs> Hang on, it's got Braille on it. Oh. Oh, I can't read that on here. Um, no, it says... Um, it says... <laughs> Stop doing that. Uh, you're confusing me. Uh, yeah, so I've got the news that... The, 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 news. the news. Yes, thank you, the news. That um, they are on their way. No. Yes. What, as we speak? As we... Well, I, I imagine literally as we speak, yes. Literally as we speak, Envision glasses are winging their way oh. to Double Tap HQ. Wait, for me? Uh, no. Okay, uh, that's very good. Yep. No, look, your your assignment is the yes. ARX Vision glasses, or no, not glasses, the headset. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> anyway, let's, on with the news. The news. let's go to the news. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Google Stadia. Do you know whenever you hear about a Google project which seems interesting, which seems like it might be quite useful, I often think to myself, how long will it be before they kill it off? Well, we can answer that question today because they've done it. They've killed off Google Stadia. That's it, gone. So. Goodbye, cloud gaming. No more. <laughs> it was a bit of a hard sell, right? But if anyone could pull it off, you think Google could. And apparently the performance was pretty damn good. It was nearly lag-free. So um, it's, it's a simple case that it couldn't keep up with the big boys of Xbox and PlayStation. So, you know, well, it was too late to the game, maybe? Do you know, I'm starting to wonder about this, right? Because I, I often think when Google ditch something, I think, oh, well, there we go, that's that. And... You know, I remember one project years ago called Google Wave, one of the many that lie in the graveyard of Google. And um, the Google Graveyard, oh, that could work. Um, oh, well done. Google Dog slightly, Graveyard. Slightly depressing, but carry on. Well, there's a lot of products in there. I mean, it's getting a little bit, you know, tight for space. Yes. Um, but yeah. Information. Google. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, that's the only option left. <laughs> just this urn, just an urn sitting there with Google Wave written on it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Google Wave was a great product because it kind of brought together like all your all your task managers, all your calendars, all your email into one really cool project, you know, into one website. It was really good, actually. And I thought, this is one project I could really get into. And then he killed it. Yeah, so, well, you're a that. jinx, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I've realized that. Maybe it's me. Maybe that's what it is. Although I've never touched Google Stadia. So nothing to do with me, Gov. Well, you could argue that Google are, you know constantly monitoring and they know they're not afraid to pull the plug it could, it could be a, actually a good thing they get a lot of yep. stick for it yep. i'm just playing devil's advocate I, actually, I don't disagree with that i mean okay well in that case i think it's a terrible thing <laughs> and uh, google should be ashamed of themselves quite right too you stand up for what you believe in whatever <laughs> that is in the last 10 minutes uh also if you've got uh, the beta running of ios 16 on your device uh 16.1 beta is out and apparently there is an option for those who have the first generation AirPods Pro. That's the ones you've got, by the way. Okay. They, uh, users are, are seeing an option for adaptive transparency. <gasps> well, that's it. That's perfect. I mean, no need to get the um, the new Pro 2s. Well, I can that's just stick the with theory. these. Yeah, because if this is true, I am very doubtful. 
Um, but there is an option for those who have the AirPods Pro, apparently. There's, there are reports of this, although no reports yet as to whether or not it actually works. So I don't have a beta running on mine at the moment. And maybe oh, I should. Stephen. Maybe yes, I should. don't get it immediately. I will, I will do that. Uh, yes, so come back to me in 17 hours once it's downloaded. <laughs> and um, I will, you know, check that out. But yeah, that, can... that's, that's quite interesting. Although I don't think it's going to amount to anything. Apple have done this before, so don't get too excited. Apple have enabled features oh, and betas and then taken them away. Yes, I can't see this because the whole point of adaptive transparency is that it, it monitors that 48,000 times a second for any peaks in audio and automatically lowers them. And I think that's mainly down to that new H2 chip. So to have these available in the Generation 1 AirPod Pros would be, well, it would be fantastic for me. But I mean, it sort of lowers the reasons to buy the, the next generation. And I just don't think the hardware is probably up to it. But hey. It's cool. They did bring personalized spatial audio to the Pro Ones. They did. Yes, that so, is available. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, you're right though. It's the H2 chip that's making it possible for adaptive transparency. So unlikely, I think, but interesting. And maybe a form of it's coming. Maybe there's a form of it coming to the earlier AirPods. But yeah, I somehow doubt it. Anyway, uh, that aside, the one thing that has been fixed in one of the betas, uh, there was a few complaints from people who run the betas. I have to say, people who run betas always amaze me. They complain and complain. And I'm like, well, if you're if you're going to rely on a device that's running a beta, you've kind of missed the point of what a beta know, is. Well, 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 who's complaining? Is it complaining or is it leaving feedback, Stephen Scott? Ah, Come on, yeah, mate. I see. One man's feedback is another man's complaint. Uh, um, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I think they're complaining because there there were there was the the, the tweets yeah. sounded like moans to me. Oh, they're whinging. Oh, if whinging, you're whinging, and you're on a beta. Forget it. Yeah. Exactly. No. Just don't run the beta then. Yeah. Simple as. All right, don't get angry. Shh, calm God, down. annoys me sometimes. I'll anyway. make a cup of tea. Carry on. Okay, fine. Uh, do you want uh, some feedback? No, I don't know. <laughs> feedback scares me. After though. the past couple of days, yeah, maybe not. Uh, but okay, let's get let's get some feedback. Let's see if uh, people are being nice to us today. Actually, do you know what? We did get an email in uh, late to the party uh, from Luke in Montreal, who writes in and says, uh, "I'm actually reading this from memory because I remember reading through it last night." Good luck. Um, but uh, he said he actually uh, was quite annoyed by the comments made about you. And actually, he's a huge fan of Sean Priest. Oh, thank you. You know what? I needed that. Oh, I feel so much better. Thank you, Luke. You're a star. I'm trying to pull the email up as we speak here. Oh. So, um, yeah, how's that, how's that cup of tea coming along? Uh, yeah, no, it's changed. It's uh, a small whiskey now. Oh, okay. As soon as, you, as soon as you started with the feedback, I needed something stronger. <laughs> I can't cope with the pressure, Stephen. Um, okay, let me just see if I can find this here because actually, I think there's another one. Oh my goodness, right, hang on. Wow. So, um, yes, this is from Luke in Montreal. He says, contrary to what was said by a listener, I love Sean's theatrics. Keep up the good work and the heavy breathing. <laughs> <laughs> theatrics, I like it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Also, uh, Vicky writes in uh, from Scotland. She says, listening to Thursday's podcast, I was really upset to hear Dean from New Zealand's email, so I just wanted to tell you that I love you all, and Sean always makes me laugh. Thank you for all the info and the giggles. Oh, that's nice. That is nice. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And look, look, look it's, it's fine. Dean can have his opinion. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I, I second that. Unless it's about me, in which case then he's wrong. <laughs> hey, like I, uh, I'm going to annoy someone at some point, so it's absolutely fine. But thank you so much for those uh, those emails there. I appreciate it. Right, Laura's been reading out the rest. Thank goodness. Uh, I'm filling up. Oh, well, uh, yeah, fill up the teacup, will you? But not with tears, if you don't mind. Um, <sighs> okay. Okay, let's get uh, some info uh, or, or some emails here. This is uh, Laura reading out uh, an email about Ned and his watch. Here is a comment and a question. Great show. With all the ways to get the time, there is no better way to get it than with a Braille pocket watch. It is always unobtrusive, unlike a phone, which announces it to the world, and no worry about the battery. Problem is, for the most part, no one will repair them, and they're getting rare on eBay. Are there any places in the UK that can repair them? No one seems to sell them. Nothing beats the reliability of a wind-up watch and no need for a battery. Maybe someone out there can help. Thanks, Ned, Chrisfield, Maryland, USA. P.S. This is being sent from my new blind shell phone. Can never get used to touchscreens, Apple or Android. So far, so good. Oh, well, quite right too, Ned. Excellent. It's yeah. funny, I was talking about blind shell with someone today. They, they, 
seem to be getting more and more popular. People thinking about, you know what? I think I might not get the next iPhone and just go to a blind shell. Surprising to me, but I, have to I be mean, honest. It's, a, it's a great phone, right? I have to be honest. I'm kind of thinking the same way, and I'll tell you why. This might surprise you. But part of the reason why I'm thinking this would be cool is because I have wanted to get away from social media for so long. <laughs> Oh, and I'm I with thought, you. Yes. We, this would be a great way to do it because if you're only, I mean, it's got WhatsApp on it. So we've got the connection. We can talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got, obviously, Lady A. It's got Ira. Um, it's the main things you need, right? Yeah, it's, like, it's like mm. culling yourself. Is there, there is Twitter on it, though, isn't there, I believe? I don't think so. I don't know. Ah, I don't right. think so. Uh, Twitter and Facebook aren't on there, which to me is an absolute plus point. <laughs> it is. <laughs> absolutely, I'm just buying yeah. for that. I mean, look, you can obviously just delete the Twitter app from the iPhone, but it's never quite as simple as that, I There's feel. There's something, you know, well, we need to use social media, right? And, and uh, Well, yes. I, but here's the thing. I think it's about, and there's a conversation to be had around this, but I think there's a discipline that needs to come with social media because you're right. Look, we use it for the show. We, we you know, we connect with people on there. Uh, we use it to tweet out what we're doing on the show so people can comment on it. But I don't know if that means we necessarily or I necessarily need to sit and consume it. So what I'm thinking about, for example, is let's say I use the, the blind shell as my daily phone. Um, I'm using my MacBook for everything else. So Twitter and stuff I could do on there. And I don't sit and consume Twitter the way I would on a phone. So maybe that's the way to do it. I just think I think some of us, me especially, I feel at the moment need a bit of discipline around social media because it just takes over my life at times. Just oh, absolutely. I, I don't know if you've, if you've ever done this, but I've opened or, or closed the Twitter app sometimes and then reopened it right away. Like, I don't know why. I just close it thinking, okay, I'm done with this and I'll, I'll go back in for a second. <laughs> I, I don't know why I do that. It's almost like you're pecking around your phone looking for something to do yeah. sometimes and you just go back to the same. Anyway, we're going, we're, we're going off on a tangent here. Let's talk about the Braille Pocket Watch. And that's a great thing, yeah. Uh, that that is I, that sounds so cool. I would love one of those, but that means I would have to wear a um, uh, some sort of waistcoat. Is that a tunic? Uh, What's a tunic? A tunic. Is that what yes. you wear? Right. Okay. Something like that. I would love to. Um, and a mono for, thing. A mono. A, a, a mono things. what? <laughs> what are they called? The, the little eye things. <laughs> you know what? It's totally mono? gone out of my head. I can't remember you mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, monocle. Right. Monocle. Okay. There we are. <laughs> so <laughs> why was that difficult to get? We had half the world. <laughs> Right. As we're getting it repaired, there are fewer and fewer of those chain jewelers that will repair watches. I find actually, I look on an app called, um, it must be in Canada as well, Nextdoor, which is like a tiny micro Facebook or, you know, it's just for your local area. And there's people that advertise on there. Uh, I find you're much more likely to get the small independent shops that will fix those sort of watches. It's uh, sort of a dying art. So you've Mm. got to look for them. But yes. Look for the independent watchmakers. Uh, that's that's your best bet. I uh, hope that helps, Ned. Uh, Negative Julian's been in touch. Hello, chaps. In one of last week's podcasts, I think it might have been number 16, Stephen had a brief moan about the Windows File Explorer. Mm. I'm probably teaching my grandmother to suck eggs, but have you ever tried QDER? www.q-der.com? Mm. If it's just a question of moving files between locations, I find it massively easier than File Explorer. It's free, accessible, and has a multi-pane view. The colour scheme can be changed, the font size altered, and much else besides. Best of all, conventional menus. None of the ribbon horror. (gasps) Great! All of that was a bit positive, so I think I should say something to shock and appall Mr Scott. Okay, good. Hey, Stephen. I'm typing this on a Technet X366 ultra-slim Bluetooth keyboard that cost me £8.99, brand new. Doesn't it make you feel a bit queasy to know that someone can bear to touch such a cheap keyboard? <laughs> Typical Android user. Should such appalling behaviour even be allowed in a civilised Apple-loving society? Why do I feel no shame? Regards, Negative Julian. <laughs> oh, Julian, I look forward to your emails so much. and I love them. Thank you so much for that. That is uh, really, really interesting. Um, I haven't heard of this, Q. I just want to spell this for you. Q-dir.com. That is the uh, website. I'm going to be checking that out today. Q-dir. Q-dir. Directory. Yeah. Yeah, that's I've right. I've heard of it. And as, as uh, ne- negative Julian, as Julian said there, it is accessible. Uh, it's just something I've never felt the need for. But yeah, I think, you know what? I'm going to check that out as I've well. I've never Sounds heard cool. of it. Never heard of that. 
Oh, well, we'll check it out. Report uh, back. I will say that, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how you can touch a keyboard less than £10. I think that's an absolute disgrace, negative Julian. Um, You're my hero, Julian. However, I will say this, Logitech apparently are going to be sending me a little bundle of toys to play with. Oh, sweet child of mine. Unbelievable. How did you get away with do you this? Know what, because you know what? Do you know what? I am sick of paying my money on yes. these products, which I'm talking about here. Yes, and they finally yes. listened. They finally said, Stephen, we're going to help you out. We're going to send you oh, half okay. a keyboard, and if you like it, we'll send the other half, and you can pay for it. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, apparently a little uh, care package is on the way from Logitech. And oh, um, will tell their... them to put some care in the accessibility of their software. <gasps> okay. Oh, okay. Threw I'll a spanner in the works there. You're not, not getting mention, anything now. Not mentioning that today. Wait, wait till the box gets here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say what's uh, coming if you want. Uh, MX Mechanical Mini. I'm going to be playing with that. There's a brand new version which has just launched. Also, the uh, new K380. There's an updated version. Ooh. The multi What's updated about it? I'll tell you when I get it. Oh. Okay. Cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. Uh, let's Fine. get one. We'll get one more uh, message in. This one is. Uh, let, well, let's, let's see. Laura reads the emails for us. Thank goodness. Hi there, guys. Loving the new show. I was listening to the show the other day and someone suggested using the Ordnance Survey OS app to give Aerie your location. Yeah. This was as a workaround Envision not having GPS access. Thought this was genius, but OS is a UK-only service. So I then thought, would what three words be a better option? I don't have Envision, but looked at ARX at Site Village and was really impressed, but not on iOS. But was told, should be next year? Would love to hear a review of this. Keep up the great work. Warnly. Okay, well, um, we will uh, do our very best with that one because Sean Priest has the ARX vision. He is going to be doing a full in-depth review in coming months, days, years. years. Okay, I am honestly, I'm waiting for the IRA edition because that for me will be the killer yeah, feature think, of it. Yeah, I think it. people want to know more about the, the headset itself. So come on, get on with it, will you? Well, I have said something. Okay, yes. All right, I'll work on it. Okay. Stick around. Speaking of Envision, we have Karthik Karnan joining us next for a full in-depth conversation on this very topic of Envision. Uh, the past, the present and the future of the company. Well worth sticking around for. This is Double Tap. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at ami.ca We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Now, here at Double Tap, we like to talk to the people behind a lot of the products that we talk about here, uh, which is great. And uh, I'm so pleased today to welcome uh, one of the founding members of Envision to Double Tap, someone who certainly knows their stuff when it comes to the product, which, of course, began life as the app, and now everyone talks about the glasses. Uh, do you know what, Karthik? I'd like you to introduce yourself to our audience, if you don't mind. Hi, everybody. My name is Karthik Kanan. I am the co-founder and CTO at Envision. Uh, we build tools that help people with a visual impairment to live more independently using artificial intelligence. Uh, Karthik, it is great to have you here on Double Tap. Thank you so much, Stephen, for having me. It's super, super awesome to be back here again. You know, it's such an exciting time for technology. And it's really interesting, actually, that I say that outside of the world of Apple and Google and Amazon for once, actually, because normally we're talking about those companies and the products they provide. And I think we will obviously continue to talk about that. But I think in the space of visual impairment tech, if we want to call it that, um, mm -hmm. there is a lot of exciting work going on. Tell people who don't know anything about Envision what it is and how it came to be. Sure. So, Envision, uh, like I mentioned, you know, what we do is we build tools that help people with a visual impairment to live more independently. So we have uh, the main product that Envision builds is the Envision glasses. So the Envision glasses are a pair of smart glasses that help a visually impaired person or any, uh, a person with any kind of visual disability uh, to be able to read text in over 60 different languages, including handwritten text and from pretty much any surface you can think of, whether it's a printed book or whether it's an iPad screen or even if it's like a prescription bottle, right? Uh, it helps them to recognize faces of their friends and family members. It helps them recognize all the personal belongings in their environment uh, and so much more. 
And it's also not just a tool that's, you know, built and focused on all the AI stuff. We also have a human element to it where visually impaired people or the users of the Envision glasses can actually go ahead and make a video call directly from the Envision glasses to a friend or a family member if at any point in time the AI doesn't really cut it out for them. So that's what the Envision glasses do. Um, Though Envision glasses is what we put our focus on uh, primarily, uh, we also have the Envision app which is a smartphone app that's also capable of reading text. Uh, it's extremely good at reading text, in fact, but it can also do things like being able to recognize faces, objects, and and so on. Uh, I think the big reason why people uh, really love the Envision glasses or why we believe very strongly in the, in the glasses form factor is the fact that unlike holding a smartphone in your hand and then you know pointing it around and using visual recognition tools like Envision, uh, it's so much more easier to be able to go ahead and wear a pair of glasses and then just look around uh, and then you know have it uh, speak out stuff to you uh, in a much more easier and unobtrusive way than having to point your phone around, right? So that's what Envision does. Envision started off in 2016, not as a company, but more of as um, it, it was started off as a project, right? Um, you know, we, me and my co-founder, we went to this blind school in India uh, to just talk to kids who were leaving high school and moving on with their lives and, you know, going into colleges and universities and, and, and just stepping out into the adult world. We had gone to give a talk to kids there. Um, and, uh, during the course of the con of of you know having a chat with them you know we were just telling them about you know what it is to be a designer what it is to be a developer or a researcher uh, at the end of the day i think uh, anyone who's working in the design or the or the engineering space uh, basically solves problems for a living right that's what we told them you know that's the, the we wake up in the morning get to work and solve problems you know different types of problems and so we just post a question at the end of the whole talk, you know, I, I asked them what kind of problems would they like to solve uh, when they grew up or when they moved on and, and, and got into the real world. Um, that's when, you know, it started to really hit us about what exactly, like, you know, how much independence uh, really means to these kids, because a lot of the answers that they gave were all about, you know, being able to do very simple things like being able to read a book more independently, or being able to go out independently, being able to live independently. So, you know, independence was this really dominant factor in in the, in these kids' lives. And they felt extremely limited because of the fact that they had to depend on other people constantly to do even the simplest of things. And so after that conversation, uh, I remember very clearly, instead of going back home, we went to a cafe near, nearby, uh, near the school, and we just sat down, you know, me and my friend, and, and we just brainstormed for hours, you know, uh, till, till the end of the day, just trying to understand, like, what we as engineers and designers could do to solve, you know, the whole independence problem. And that's when we started to look into artificial intelligence, which at that time was starting to become a very powerful piece of technology because it was starting to outperform humans in a lot of areas, uh, you know, that humans were pretty good at. For example, you know, 2016, 2017 was the landmark year when AI could start recognizing text much more accurately than humans could do. Uh, you know, it was starting to recognize faces much more accurately than humans could do. And so we thought, why not take this technology and try to, you know, showcase it as, as, as tools for good rather than, you know, the usual, uh, you know, um, uh, negative press that something like face recognition tends to get, right? So we wanted to put, take a, a different spin on these, uh, on these technologies and artificial intelligence. And so we started to build uh, the Envision project, you know, which was just, uh, you know, a, a simple project to demonstrate how AI can be used uh, to help improve accessibility. Um, so six months later, you know, we have the, uh, a very clunky prototype of the Envision app. Um, uh, you know, we ran out of funding for the project itself and we were going to shut things down. And we basically, you know, I remember sending an email on a Friday evening, uh, to all the testers, you know, who had, by that time we had about hundreds of testers who had, you know, used the Envision app or a prototype of the Envision app. Uh, I remember emailing them all, telling them that, Hey, you know, uh, we, the project is over, you know, we, we really enjoyed, uh, doing this. We're going to talk about this to the world. We're going to put it out there uh, as like an open source uh, or, or as a uh, as a blog post, as a series of reports outlining how AI can be used for good. 
but I remember very clearly waking up the next morning to find all of the 400, 500 odd people who were using the Envision uh, prototype at that time right back to us and tell us that that's the last thing you guys should do. You guys should not shut this down. I mean, you've built something that's truly magnificent. It's really helped us a lot over the past few months. And despite it being a very, you know, uh, not so stable app, uh, despite it being a very clunky prototype of an app, uh, it's still something that's extremely useful. And you should go ahead and, you know, continue doing this in some way or the other. And that's when we decided to start Envision as a company. Um, And that's how, you know, we that's that's the reason why we are here today you know it's all the people who initially you know took on the envision prototype uh tested it out gave us feedback really helped us improve it and made it part of their lives and uh and really helped envision get to where it is today yeah so that's a brief history of five years just squeezed into a few minutes <laughs> <laughs> that's not easy to do but you've you've done it so eloquently uh it is really interesting to learn the story and and also to hear that the project could have come to an end. But if it wasn't for that feedback that you got, you know, you guys are sitting there thinking, this is just not working. This is not happening for us. And and suddenly you have this, 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 you know, I guess tsunami of emails that just come in and say, right, don't do this, please don't, don't end this. Uh, You know, let's dig into the product a bit because you mentioned the the glasses, of course, and and that's what a lot of people talk about, but you also mentioned the app. And it's really important to distinguish the two. Because this is not a product, Envision is not a product that is reliant on the glasses in order for the app to work. It's not like it's a it's an app that is waiting to have a pair of glasses connected to it. The app can work entirely yeah. independently on its own, can't it? Yeah, sure. I think both the products that are independent of each other, but at the same time, they are part of the same ecosystem, right? So when we first launched, uh, you know, when, when we first launched Envision, it was an, a smartphone app because, you know, um, smart classes weren't really mainstream at that time. And we ourselves weren't really sure uh, if if that's the right form factor. So what we did was we took the, we took all of the AI that we, that we built, put that in, into the form of a smartphone app and then launched it in 2018. Uh, uh, and, you know, we charged a subscription fee for the app at that time. Uh, $5 per month is what we charged. Um, and so we basically put it out there um, and we started to see people go ahead and use it. And the, the app grew organically in 2019. Uh, you know, in, 20, in 2019, we put out the Android version of the app as well. So we saw that grow organically. We won the Google Play Award for the best accessibility experience as well. But in throughout us building the Envision app, there was one persistent piece of feedback that we got from a lot of users, which was, you know, the app is great. It does what, you know, it says it does, and it's super useful. But the key problem with using something like the app for extended periods of time is you have to hold like a phone in your hand and then keep pointing it around. And if someone is outside, you know, they usually have a cane or a guide dog and they have to hold this phone in one hand and then point it around. Or if they're trying to read like a document, you know, it's not very easy. The more easier experience for people is to hold a book or a document in their hand and then scan it. Whereas with a phone, you have to put it down on the table. You need to, you know, uh, align the phone exactly with the document document and take a picture so it was not a very great experience so a lot of feedback kept coming in to see if we can take this technology and then put it into a wearable that would make the whole experience more unobtrusive so that was a starting point for the envision glasses uh, as a project right and so at that time in 2017-18 we really you know brought in we we tested more than i think about 12 to 14 different types of smart classes where we, you know, I mean, our office at one point in time was just, you know, we had this one big box of smart classes that we tried and rejected, right? So it, what we found out at that time was either smart classes were too clunky and were, you know, or they were not too clunky, but then they were not powerful enough. So we had this issue where we wanted a pair of glasses that was just powerful enough to run all the AI that we were that we were doing on the app, uh, but at the same time we wanted it to look in a in a way that was not stigmatizing, right? So that was the main driver for the Envision Glasses project, and it so happened when we won the Google Play Award in 2019. 
I remember going to the Mountain View campus of Google, like the Google headquarters, uh, to go ahead and collect the award. But then what I also did was I really exploited the award and and shopped it around as much as I can and tried to get as many meetings as I could with, uh, you know, the powers that be at Google to see if they were working on some kind of smart classes or uh, some iteration of the Google Glass or something like that that could really help us take this tech and then put it onto a wearable, right? So that time I had a chance to meet a few folks at Google uh, who are part of the Google Glass project. Uh, And I also, like everyone else who I talked to about Google Glass today, everyone assumes that that project is dead. You know, everyone assumes that it's not, uh, you know, know, it's, it's not being actively developed. And so I had spoken to the folks at Google and they mentioned that, you know, they had a new version of Google Glass that was coming out and they gave me a pair. Uh, You know, they said, yeah, don't put it out yet. Uh, Just, you know, take it with you quietly back to the Netherlands, see if it's something that you guys will want to use and then we'll see how to take this forward. So I brought it back to the Netherlands. I went ahead and put the Envision app, uh, the Envision platform onto the glasses. And then we invited a few testers, uh, you know, to the office and gave them these glasses and said, okay, would you guys like something like this? Is this what you're looking for? And I very clearly remember uh, one of the testers who had come to our office was trying to sneakily take a pair of glasses back with him, you know, uh, assuming that he was going to. <laughs> and so that's when I knew that, okay, you know, this is this is good. This is something that, you know, we've, we've cracked. And, and so that's the starting of the Envision Glasses uh, project. And it, it, is, it is a completely standalone device. It works in conjunction with the app. You can use the app the Envision app to like, you know, say customize the glasses or teach it faces or add contacts for your making video calls, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, through the glasses. So you could use the app in conjunction with the glasses, but you know, a lot of people just, you know, uh, use the glasses also as a completely standalone device. It can be used as a completely standalone device. Uh, that's the idea that, uh, that we kind of, uh, you know, started working with and that's what the glasses is today. So you might consider the functions of, say, short text or document reading or scanning barcodes or even facial recognition, uh, giving you information about who's around you, even scene recognition to some degree is perhaps the baseline. Would you say that's fair? That That's the baseline and that's what you're kind of working on now. You're You're creating new opportunities and you're providing new services or potentially providing new services through yeah. this, uh, this product. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we actually go much beyond the basic set of features that you spoke about, right? Like, you know, uh, instant text is when you want to read short pieces of text. Uh, We offer that in more than like 40 different languages, more than pretty much any other, you know, product out there. Uh, Again, touching back on the whole concept of access, right? Like what we wanted to do from the beginning with the Envision glasses, with the Envision app was try to make that available uh, in as many languages as possible, you know. So we're not restricted to just reading, uh, say, for example, all the all the Latin languages, or you know, say maybe uh, uh, like one or two non-Latin languages here and there. The classes are able to read sixty different languages in um, you know, and and about twenty or twenty-five different types of scripts, right? Including many you know local dialects as well. Uh, the classes are 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 also able to read handwritten text in all of these sixty different languages, and can read all of these sixty different languages from either a printed surface like a book or a document or from a computer screen or or a digital display. And even, you know, like say curved surfaces or prescription pills or bottles and things like that, right? So it's a very versatile reading tool. It also, you know, gives you the ability to teach it faces. And it can also recognize hundreds of common objects in your surroundings, including, you know, if you want to find an empty seat in a sub, in a a train or a bus or or someplace like that, it's, it's possible to do that with the glasses. And of course, you know, you can use it to recognize currency, detect the amount of light, detect the colors in your environment, give you a description of the scene. Um, and I think what what really sets the glasses apart from the other people in this space is the ability for you to make a video call directly from the glasses to a friend or a family member. So people use it for like many things, you know, um, you know, they use it to go ahead and help you know, to to cook, for example, they use it when they are, you know, ready to go on a date and they want to get some, you know, uh, some comments on the outfits that they're having. Some of the younger people who use the glasses really use it for that particular feature. Uh, So it's a very versatile tool that way where you have a lot of AI stuff, but you also have, uh, you know, the video calling, which brings in a very human element to the whole thing. 
I think what's quite interesting about the Envision glasses is that it, in a way, is its own platform, which you can build upon, which can sit in any ecosystem. Is that is that the fair way to look at it? So it could sit on Apple, it could sit on Google, it could sit on anywhere, really. It, it's its own world, um, yeah. which you can develop within. Yeah, no, that is that is true. You know, from the very beginning, uh, we wanted to make the glasses to be uh, an open platform, very similar to your smartphones, right? So if you have an iPhone or an Android today, you would be able to install apps from other developers. And we wanted to give uh, people who use the Envision glasses the same experience. So what we ended up doing was partnering with a bunch of apps that, uh, you know, uh, that people love to use. For example, uh, back in August, we launched the Envision glasses and Ira partnerships where, you know, if you are a glasses Envision glasses user, you would be able to go ahead and install Ira on the Envision glasses and use Ira from the Envision glasses. Uh, we also subsequently announced a partnership with Navilens and BlindSquare as well. Uh, so there are a number of apps today that are available for the Envision glasses platform. So technically, when people buy a pair of Envision glasses, they don't just get Envision's own apps and Envision's technology, but they also get access to all these other apps apps and more that are there in the pipeline. So we are already in talks with a number of other, you know, uh, navigation apps. We're also in talks with a number of other, uh, you know, barcode scanning apps and product recognition apps and so on and so forth that people really have come to love in the community. Um, and they're also going to be on the Envision Glasses platform. So, you know, as of today, you can get your hands on Ira, BlindSquare, NaviLens. Uh, you know, we're also going to be in the future incorporating other navigation apps and, uh, and so on. And if you do have an, an app that you use a lot, uh, you could definitely go ahead and let us know and we'll reach out to the developers and then share uh, our uh, software development kit with them uh, and that will allow them to go ahead and build uh, their own apps uh, or, or adapt their apps uh, you know, for the Envision Glasses platform itself. So yes, the Envision Glasses platform is going to be the accessibility platform for smart glasses, uh, you know, in the present and in the future, it already is. It has the most amount of apps uh, of any uh, smart glasses platform that is, away that is today. Um, and we're going to continue to keep adding more and more apps. So people would be able to think of it like a, buying a smartphone. So they buy a smartphone, they get our apps, but they also get all the other apps that they've come to love. And Ira is one, one big example of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also the integration of BlindSquare will appeal to many people. I know many of our listeners use BlindSquare on a daily basis. And the idea that, that can be built into a wearable as well just makes this more appealing. I mean, I have to ask you about cost. Uh, we know earlier in the year you reduced the cost of the Envision glasses. You even made the app itself completely free. Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. So, I mean, obviously the cost of the device is in some ways prohibitive for some people. That's always a challenge, isn't it? And I guess you hear yeah. this a lot. What's your response to that? No, I completely agree. You know, I, I think uh, being in this space and in in, in being part of this community for all these years, I've come to understand how accurately, you know, expensive a lot of the tools that a person with a visual impairment uh, tend to, you know, tend to, um, you know, like, like pay for, like, you know, how, how accurately, uh, how expensive these tools are, even something like a, like a Braille display or a CCTV, those are all like incredibly expensive, uh, you know, to own. So it's always been at the top, at, at, at the top of our minds to ensure that this technology, you know, the promise of this technology is that it's very versatile. So, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, something like the Envision glasses will be able to, to replace a number of, you know, uh, assistive tech tools that are just big and clunky and expensive. That's the promise that we, you know, that we're building on. So when it comes to that, we've always thought about you know, making sure that our products are as accessible as possible. So like I mentioned in the beginning, Envision Glasses was a subscription-based app, you know, and we had to put in a lot of effort to make sure that it stands out when it comes to all the other free apps that were there in the market at that time uh, that are still there in the market, you know, something like Seeing AI or now recently with Lookout on some of the high-end smartphones. So we had to put a lot of effort, you know, to make sure the product stands out to compete with them. And over a period of time, what happened was, we realized or we we kept slowly building towards a future where we could go ahead and offer 
our technology at a lower price you know in every uh, as years go by so for example when we launched we charged five dollars per annum per month to be able to use the app and a couple of years later we reduced that price to two dollars per month and what we did a couple of years after that in july 2022 this year uh, was we went ahead and made the app completely free that's because we've been able to reduce the cost of operating the app and the cost of running the software dramatically over the past few years. Um, of course, not, you know, with the help of all the people who subscribed uh, to the Envision app in the beginning. So that's basically where we are today, where the Envision app is completely free for anyone who wants to install the app either on iOS or Android. Uh, you know, we also now have tablet versions of the app as well. And, uh, you know, in uh, December this year, we're also going to be having uh, the first desktop versions of the Envision app. So you'll be able to use the Envision app uh, on your smartphones, on your tablets, even on your desktop and on the web as well, right? So, uh, and it's completely free. There are no strings attached. Uh, you know, we're not, uh, you know, some evil corp selling your data behind you. We're not doing any of that stuff. Uh, it's it's because we've been able to really reduce the cost of our AI and really reduce the operational cost. And it's also something that we very strongly believe in, uh, you know, the whole mission of making our technology more accessible. So that's with the Envision app going free. What we've also done is, you know, we've reduced the cost of the Envision glasses. Uh, you know, earlier this year, it used to cost 4,449 uh, Canadian dollars. Uh, right now, it costs 3,499 Canadian dollars. And we've been able to reduce that cost also because, yes, we've been able to go ahead and improve the efficiency of our software overall. Uh, we've been able to go ahead and improve our distribution efficiency as well. And so what we thought, you know, I mean, the best thing to do was to like, try and make this piece of tech more accessible for people. And hence, we've reduced the cost of the Envision glasses as well apart from that you know we've introduced a number of things to make the glasses a lot more easier for people to use uh, so we have gone ahead and introduced a one-on-one -on -one onboarding session for people uh, you know when they first buy a pair of the envision glasses we'll help you set up the the glasses um, you know and we'll be able to go ahead and uh, you know help you um, say for example pair the glasses with your phone uh, you know add contacts for video calls you know show you how to teach faces with it and really help you customize it to get the best out of it uh, the most out of it as much as we can and you can also at any point in time reach out to us and uh, you know um, request a call anytime you want to have uh, any help with the envision glasses so we have worked on a lot of things uh, within the product and surrounding the product as well uh, to make sure that people get the most out of it and and it, it remains as accessible as possible yeah I think most reasonable people would say, and I've had these views um, relayed to me on, on my show, that people often think, you know what, if something's worth buying, I'll spend the money. But I think people often feel just that little bit of concern that, you know, they spend the money, they spend the thousands of dollars, and then they hear of a new product, an updated version, and they think, I've got to go and buy this again? Really? And that could put people off entirely. Yeah, uh, obviously no, you can't you, you can't tell me here that you're never going to update the product and, and the new version is never going to come out. Of course, you can't say that because that's the way that the technology works. Uh, but but what is the longevity of this device if I buy it today? I think you can definitely expect us to support. Uh, you know, the, so the all glasses come with two years worth of software updates completely free of cost so you don't have to pay for any firmware or software update uh, for the glasses for the first two years and after the first two years you basically pay hundred dollars per year to get updates and firm firmware and software updates to the glasses after that so the glasses are essentially from the time you buy them today they're supported for at least two years with continuous updates, uh, you know, with improvements to the software, with new features and so on and so forth. So it is it is at least got two years of, of shelf life that is guaranteed by Envision in a way um, because of the updates that we're going to be pushing. On the other hand, I think, you know, the smart glasses industry is definitely moving very fast. You know, we, we already saw earlier this year Google debut uh, or at least show a prototype of, of the smart glasses that they have in the works. Of course, it doesn't have a camera uh, yet. It's, it's more of a language translation tool at this point. Um, but 
you know, we see the smart classes industry kind of moving really fast in, in many different ways. Uh, so, yes, there is a possibility that there could be new versions that come out in like, you know, maybe a, a couple of years time or even a year's time from now. Uh, and that is inevitable because of the way that the nature of the industry and how fast that is changing. But our roadmap, Envision's roadmap, uh, still has the current generation of the Envision glasses in mind uh, when we are planning out for like at least the next year or two, right? And even if there is a new version that comes out, we will continue to support the Envision glasses, the current generation of the Envision glasses, uh, because you know at least what it would be able to do is you know up until a certain point, it would keep getting all the new updates wherever possible, and people will still be able to use all the existing features of the Envision glasses, which in itself is a lot. You know, uh, as as it stands today, um, and you know, wherever possible, we're going to try to make sure that all our updates are as backward compatible as possible. So, Envision might introduce new versions of the glasses in the future, depending on when they tend to arrive. We might, uh, you know, even partner with completely different companies in the future uh, to offer, you know, different versions of the Envision glasses. That's basically the nature of the platform itself. Like we've built it in such a way that we're not in any way tied to the hip, uh, you know, to Google or any other particular hardware manufacturer. We want the glasses to be as open as possible. But having said that, we'll always continue to support the current generation of the Envision glasses for as long as we can. And that, you know, uh, for at least a couple of years, uh, it's something that Envision glasses, Envision itself will will provide software updates for. And beyond that as well, wherever applicable, we try to make our updates as backward compatible as possible. Yeah, because ultimately, if I was a consumer who bought, you know, a, a device for like $3,500, I definitely would want to go ahead and and see it be supported at least for a few years. Or even if not getting new updates, I wouldn't want it to stop working entirely, right? I wouldn't, Mm -hmm. uh, I would at least want to keep the current functionality uh, with me as much as possible, uh, which is, which is a very fair ask from customers and which is also something that we want to do anyway. And the free app now, Envision no longer has the subscription model attached to it. Is that sustainable? We believe it is sustainable um, for two reasons. One, I think, you know, as smartphones get more and more powerful, like we've seen over the past five years, ever since we launched the Envision glasses, we believe we'll be able to bring more and more sophisticated AI completely offline. Uh, That's the one bet that we are making and the one trend that we're seeing that's going to help us keep the uh, keep the operational cost of the app as low as possible. We'll be able to bring more and more and more of the functionality that happens online entirely offline without compromising on accuracy because of the fact that smartphones themselves are going to get more powerful. The second thing is that the glasses, in a way, will help us, uh, you know, subsidize the app. Um, simply because, you know, it, you know, the glasses will be, the app will be sort of a point of entry for people who want to know more about Envision's technology and experience Envision's technology. And we, we hope and expect that a fair number of people who use the Envision glasses uh, will eventually want to go ahead and get the Envision, uh, sorry, Envision app. Uh, a fair number of people who use the Envision app will want to go ahead and get, uh, you know, the Envision glasses, uh, you know, at some point in the future because, you know, they would start to see that this piece of tech that they have on a smartphone is probably much more usable and it's more easier to use uh, on smart glasses. So we will be able to continue uh, to drive users uh, off the Envision app over to the glasses. And the last thing is that I also believe in the goodness of the community. So within the app, we have a pay, you know, what you want um, feature, uh, you know, within the Envision app itself as as of today. So you will be able to support Envision's developers uh, by paying a fee. And the way we see it is that you don't pay a fee or you don't, you know, contribute towards, uh, you know, keeping the Envision app up and running, but instead you kind of contribute towards uh, ensuring that the app becomes free or remains free for, you know, uh, thousands of users across the world. So the way you actually pay for it is, for example, if you pay $5, uh, you know, if you if you want to donate $5 to Envision, that will allow us to keep uh, the app free for like 5,000 people, right? right? Uh, if you want to go ahead and, you know, uh, so, so, so you have different tiers and it goes up all the way to a thousand dollars and if you want to give envision a thousand dollars that will help us support a million users so 
in a way, when you are, you know, paying what you want for Envision's development, you're also kind of paying it forward for the community as well, where if you, you know, are able to give us a certain amount of money, we'll be able to go ahead and keep the app free uh, for those thousands or, or maybe even a million users uh, going forward, right? So these are the three sort of reasons why I believe that the whole move to Envision the app being sustained, like, you know, going free and, and how that's going to sustain itself uh, over the long term. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. I love that. And I love the idea of pay it forward. That, that I think for many people who can't afford to use an app like this, but want to get the benefits of it, having it available free of charge is brilliant. But those of us who have got the means, who can put our hands in our pockets and say, do you know what, let's, let's develop this or let's help the development of this in, in our way, in some way that we can. I think that yeah. is brilliant. And, um, and, when they, and when they do that, it's actually kind of, you know, like, you know, that, that's also the message that we sent to all the subscribers of the Envision app. Uh, and, and, you know, as of today, uh, when people open the Envision app, they can, we actually have a small section within the Envision app for people who are subscribers of the app to tell to show them like, you know, you know, hey, you went ahead and paid uh, $20 to Envision uh, as an annual subscription a couple of years ago. Uh, so that $20 has actually translated into so many thousands of users uh, having the app free, right? So, you know, we, we're trying to show people that, you know, paying for the development of the app has like a direct tangible result uh, on the thousands of, you know, you know, hundreds of thousands of users who have the app free today and who are going to have the app free in the future. And, you know, uh, we've still kind of, uh, I would say, continued with the development of the Envision app. We've introduced so many features over the past few months, ever since the app has gone free. Um, and we'll continue to do so in the future uh, because, you know, if the community is out there to support us and if they think we're doing a good job, uh, then they definitely will, uh, you know, pay what they can to keep the app free for more people. Carl, I think it's been really interesting talking to you. Thank you so much for coming back on to Double Tap. It's been a long time. I'm so glad you're back here uh, telling us all about these wonderful, wonderful developments with the product. I wish you all the success with it. And uh, please do come back soon. Tell us more. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I'll definitely be back with a lot more updates from our site. So thank you so much, Stephen, for having me on the podcast. Uh, and if anyone wants to go ahead and try out the Envision glasses, uh, we do offer a free demo of the Envision glasses. So if you go on our website, that is letsenvision.com slash glasses. It's spelled L-E-T-S-E-N-V-I-S-I-O-N dot com slash glasses, G-L-A-S-S-E-S. They can request a free demonstration of the Envision glasses, and that's probably the best way to go ahead and experience them. Karthik, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Stephen. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to keep in touch with us. You can email feedback at ami.ca or you can call one 803 4567 and leave us a voicemail. Catch you tomorrow. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at AMI.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.